Hey guys, welcome back to In This Together podcast. Before we got started, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a warning. We are going to be talking about some more difficult things and some things that could be triggering to some of you. Um, We're going to be talking about suicide, anxiety, um, sexual abuse, and I don't know each one of your personal stories, but I do know that some of those things um, could be very triggering if it's something that you've dealt with or experienced. So I just wanted to give you a warning ahead of time so that way you could prepare your heart before you listen to this if you feel like this is something that that you want to listen to and that you're ready to listen to. I truly believe um, that there is so much healing that comes from this story and so much beauty that comes from this story. Um, And I'm really, really praying for that healing for whoever is listening to this right now too. Um, But I obviously want to prepare everyone's hearts who are listening beforehand um, because I love you guys. And so without further ado, we're going to get into this miraculous, beautiful story of healing that is available for every single one of us. Hey guys, and welcome back to this together podcast. I am just so excited because we have a little bit of a different podcast on today. And I am just so pumped for it because as you know, if you've been listening to podcasts, we are in season three of the podcast and we're just sharing stories of the Lord's faithfulness. And I got to go to an event uh, earlier, I think it was about a month or two ago. Um, and it was in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and it was called Flourishing. And just one, just getting to speak um, at that event and just the what the Lord did in my heart um, through that message of like flourishing and what it means to flourish with the world, with the Lord is just so incredible. And I cannot wait to share. I actually have some exciting news coming soon um, about just that in general. So stay tuned for that. But uh, just one, that was just so incredible to get to just see all the Lord that was trying to teach me. And then two, a sweet surprise there was that I got to meet a new friend named Mariah who also spoke. And whenever I heard uh, her story and how she was sharing the gospel, I was sitting there and I was like, this needs to be heard by more people. Like this <laughs> is incredible. Like this was, it spoke so much to my own heart. And just how beautiful it was and just the story um, we're going to share. She's going to share in a little bit um, the story that the Lord put on her heart to, to share and just the message. And so work, I kind of asked her, I kind of found her afterwards and I was like, <laughs> Hey, one, you're incredible. The Lord is just so evident in your life and your story and all these different things. But will you do what you just did for a podcast? Because I need you to say all those things because it was just something that just was so um, just pivotal in my life too, just to hear. Um, and I just loved it so much. And it's just something a lot of, it p- brings in together a lot of the things that uh, I was just thinking about and meditating on. It was crazy too, before I even knew that she was talking about um, Luke 8. Um, it, I have actually had it on my heart to do a painting of Luke 8 for a long time. And so um, after that, like it kind of gave me like the push of like, okay, it's time to do this. So it's just been such a cool thing. Um, so cool how God works and just intertwines different stories and also puts you in positions to hear other people's stories and um, see other people's stories just unravel and unfold in the most beautiful way. So with that being said, Mariah, say hey. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Um, and so I actually invited Mariah on the podcast and this is going to be a really cool, fun one. And she's basically going to share the message that she prepared for that flourishing event. Yes. And she's going to share it and just kind of just let us into that story. And I am just so honored to have you, seriously, um, and just so excited to just get to listen in. So, Mariah, you can take it from here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Maya. You are just so sweet. And I'm so thankful the Lord 
let our paths cross. Same, girl, um, same. But I'm just excited to share Jesus, so mm-hmm. let's get into it. Mm-hmm. At just 12 years old, she watches as her life begins to shatter. All of her hopes and dreams for the future begin to crumble, and she's helpless to do anything to stop it. She tries to hide it, to put a smile on her face and pretend like everything is okay, but the pain becomes unbearable. The heaviness is all-consuming, and she can't take it anymore. Yet God still seems far away. She's begged and pleaded for answers, for help, for him to intervene in a situation, but it only gets worse and worse. Soon, her hopes and dreams for the future become desperate pleas that she would just make it through the night. And at just 12 years old, the beginning of her life, death, begins to grip her heart. Have you ever been here? Have you watched as your hopes and your dreams become shattered pieces on the ground and you're helpless to do anything? Have you ever felt forgotten, alone, broken, or hopeless? You've tried to pray and plead with God, yet the situation only gets worse and worse. You try to pretend like everything's okay, to put a smile on your face, but you know, the pain is just too much. The brokenness is too heavy. The weight is unbearable. Well, you're not alone. Brokenness is a fundamental aspect of human life, yet we often try to hide it. But what if we today purposed in our hearts that we would change the narrative? What if we chose to end the hiding and step boldly out in pursuit of healing? What if we refused to let brokenness consume us, but instead became consumed with the hope that healing does come? What if we would be the first generation to come out of hiding? Because our healing might cost us something. But our hiding always costs us more. So let's begin reading in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. This is interesting because the Bible says Jairus arrived. He arrived. He's not chasing after Jesus. He's not running or seeking or searching or striving. He just arrived. Mm -hmm. And this seems like a very passive description. But chances are he was just going about his everyday routine, desperately trying not to be consumed under the heaviness of what he was facing. His daughter was dying and he was helpless to do anything. Yet he still had to go to work. He had to perform the tasks that everyone expected of him. He had to be the person that everyone wanted him to be. He was a religious leader and therefore culturally He was expected to have it all together all the time. These men were not supposed to show emotion in public. They were never supposed to run, and they certainly couldn't share any hardship or struggle they had. They were supposed to be the epitome of righteousness, of perfection. And surely if God answered anyone's prayers, it would be theirs. And yet here we have this man, this religious leader, Jairus. Who's, who's burdened and weighed down by the heaviness of what he's facing, and all he could do was arrive. All he could do was show up. He doesn't have the energy to pursue Jesus, to seek any more answers. He's broken and he's tired. He's tried everything. 
and he's just trying to make it through one more day. Yet when all Jairus could do was show up, Jesus stepped into his story. Jesus chooses to step into Jairus' story, and Jairus is not so consumed with his brokenness that he can't see Jesus. You see, Jairus had the faith to catch a glimpse of Jesus, and seeing Jesus, even in the midst of his pain, he is propelled to run to the feet of Christ. And falling down on his knees, Jairus throws away every cultural expectation, all of the opinions and the thoughts of those around him, none of it mattered. Jairus had carried the weight too long and he could not hide anymore. So in front of all of these people who might judge him or condemn him, Jairus fixes his eyes on Jesus and pursues healing at his feet. Is this you today? Are you exhausted from clutching the broken pieces of your life? Are you tired of fighting the heaviness, the sorrow, the pain? Are you worn down from trying to do and be everything that everyone expects of you when you're barely keeping your head above the water? Let me encourage you that if all you could do today was get up, if you could barely make it out of bed this morning, and you certainly don't have the energy to seek any more answers, to seek healing, if you're just trying to keep your head above the waves, if all you could do was arrive, Jesus is stepping into your story right now in this moment. Would you have eyes to see him? In the midst of your suffering, would you open your eyes and your heart to catch a glimpse of him? And would you allow that glimpse, that awareness of his presence to give you the hope that you need to run to his feet, to throw away all of the expectations you feel, the need to be perfect, to have it all together, to pretend that the only thing that would matter right now today is the healing that Jesus is offering you. Will you be willing to make the same decision Jairus made, to stop hiding? You see, healing might cost you something, but hiding will always cost us more. If we continue reading in verse 24, it says, Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd only gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Mm. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Imagine this scene with me. So Jesus has just responded to Jairus's pleas. He begins to follow Jairus through the crowds of people, and I can imagine the mixture of anxiety and hope that Jairus is feeling in this moment. His daughter might be healed. This weight might be gone. Healing might come. Finally, all of the pain and the worry was going to end. 
And I can imagine him pulling on Jesus's arm. Come on, let's go quicker. This is urgent. Hurry. My daughter's dying. Let's go. Let's go. And then Jesus stops and begins asking, who touched me? And Jairus must have been as confused as the disciples. Are you kidding me? Who touched you? Look around you. Look at all these people. Like, we don't have time for this. Let's go. My daughter is dying. But Jesus persists. Who touched me? Because Jesus knows what Jairus doesn't. Someone had been hiding in the background. And she's watching as this religious leader falls at his feet, asking Jesus for healing. And as she watches him pursue his healing, it bolsters the courage that she can also get hers. If this man can risk everything for his healing, maybe she could too. You see, this woman had been labeled unclean due to her illness. And culturally, what this meant is that she had been excommunicated from society. She'd been forced to beg for, for any sort of nourishment, for food. She'd spent everything that she had to get answers, and she was just left more and more broken. And more than that, anytime someone would come close to her or approach her, she'd be forced to stretch out her hands and shout, unclean, unclean, stay away from me. I'm too dirty. I'm too messed up. I'm too broken. Stay away from me. You can't get close. And anytime someone approached her, she'd be forced to remember the places of her deepest wounds, her deepest shame. All she was known by was her brokenness. And this means that just her being in the crowd could have cost her her life. If they saw who she was, if they recognized her, she would be known only for her brokenness and she'd be put to death. Yet she'd learned something after 12 years of suffering. A life without healing was not a life at all. And although hiding would have been easier, she refused to let go of her chance to be healed. And with the last bit of strength she had, she reaches out with shaking hands and grasps his robe. And finally, after years of pain, she experiences healing. She's still terrified of being recognized. She's so used to being broken and outcast that she falls right back into that pattern of thinking and runs away to hide, eager to escape the crowds of people. And then she hears a voice. Who touched me? Jesus is relentless. Who touched me? And her heart sinks in her chest. Shaking, she knows she has no choice and she has to step forward, expecting only his condemnation. Would he take the healing back when he saw who, he, who she was? Would he humiliate her more? Would he put her to death? But instead, Jesus, in front of all the crowds of people, speaks a new identity over her life. She would no longer be the broken, unclean woman, but she'd forever be remembered as the daughter with persistent faith. You see, Jesus was unwilling to let her only receive physical healing and instead was intent on healing her deepest wounds. He called her forward, commanding that she no longer hide her scars, but boldly proclaim his healing of them. I am the one who touched Jesus. I was broken, but now I am whole. This is what he's calling you to today. For those of you who have been hiding in the background, sitting in the back row, desperately trying to cover who you were or where you've been, 
For those of you who never let anyone get too close, who push people away because you think you're too broken, too dirty, too shameful. Jesus could never want you. No one could ever love you. For those of you who have been hurting and isolated and desperately longing for healing, he's commanding you to step out, not to condemn you, but to speak a new identity over you, that you will no longer be known or remembered for your brokenness, but for his healing, that your proclamation of I have touched Jesus might bolster the courage of others still hiding and cause them to step out too. Your story has the capacity to usher in a revolution, to minister to crowds of people eager for their own encounter with Jesus. Your temporary scars point to his permanent ones, and he has stopped in all of the chaos of life to call you forward to tell your story. You are never too broken, never too dirty, never too far gone. Step out in faith and your story too will be. I have touched Jesus. I was broken and he made me whole. As we continue reading in verse 35, it says, While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. So while all this is going on, while Jesus is speaking life over this woman, Jairus gets the worst news imaginable. And I I can see him standing there anxiously trying to get Jesus to move while he just keeps talking to this woman. And as this woman gets her healing, Jairus sees a familiar face running towards him. No, please no. Jairus falls to his feet as the heaviness of his servant's words rips the breath from his lungs. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. It's hopeless. Give up. Go home. And if I were Jairus, I'd be pretty angry. Are you serious? I fell at your feet. I told the whole world how broken I was. I shared everything. I pursued you. I was walking with you. I did everything right. I begged you for healing. I was taking you back to the place of my brokenness. You said that you were going to help me. If you had just hurried up, we would have made it. If you had just moved faster, she'd still be alive. But now this woman got her healing and my daughter is dead. Why did you heal her but you let my daughter die? Why didn't I get my healing? And how often do we do this in our own lives? We look around and we see other people getting their healing. You've been praying for a spouse or a partner and it seems like everybody else is getting married while you're still alone. You've been carrying the weight of crippling depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety while it seems like everybody else is is living joyful, full lives and you're struggling just to make it through the day. You've been praying for, for community, for support, for friends and you watch as everyone seems to have it all together posting these happy adventures and pictures with friends while you sit at home alone, lonely, isolated. But everyone seems to be living these perfect lives, so you have to crop and edit your photos to fit in, to make sure no one knows the truth of how broken you are. But why does God let your situation continue to suffer while he stops to heal everyone else? 
If only he would just move in this way, do this thing, hurry up, come on, then everything would be okay. But why is he letting you suffer? Why does it seem like everybody else gets their healing and you don't? But you see, even in the midst of all of this that's going on, Jesus heard. The Bible says Jesus heard. He, Jesus was concerned with healing this woman, with speaking new life over her, but he was not so concerned with the woman that he missed Jairus. You see, he heard when Jairus re- receives this news. He heard the very moment where death is proclaimed over Jairus's life, where hopelessness seems to win. He heard when the world said, give up, healing will not come, this depression will never leave, this anxiety will never leave, this situation is never going to get better. He heard when the world was telling those lies. Jesus heard. And he turns to Jairus and he gives him an invitation. Don't be afraid, just have faith. Hey guys, I'm interrupting the podcast really quick because I have to shout out our sponsor for the next few months. We are so excited. We actually get to partner with Natural Life. And if you listen to the episode, When God Says Go, you actually heard me talk about a little bit of my personal story with Natural Life and how I got to model for them and it ended up being just this super awesome thing. And they have just been such a kind company. And it's so cool because that's actually their mantra is that kindness really does matter. You should always be yourself and you do what you love and try to make the world a better place. And so it's so cool because they've actually really just shared that with me and it's been so sweet to get to just know them all firsthand. The family is just absolutely incredible and I am so excited because I have actually been doing so much of my Christmas shopping. I am like, you know what? I do not want to get to the very last minute and then have to do my Christmas shopping and just be like all over the place. I've actually been really trying to work on doing it in advance and I'm super excited because I have been using their gift guide. They actually have a natural life gift guide and they have a ton of like stocking stuffers. I actually have the car coasters and they have so many different things. They have mugs, slippers, blankets. They have clothes. Um, I can't even tell you all of the things they have because if you're thinking about it, they probably have it. They have so much kitchen stuff and y'all know I love to be in the kitchen. They just really have everything for just about everyone. And so I've actually been going through their gift guide list and they even have like a gift guide list for like if say somebody is really good at hosting or they're really good in the kitchen or for your sister or whatnot. And I just think it's so awesome and it just makes shopping a little bit easier because it also just gives you some inspiration. And then they also have these mix and match so soft cotton sheets which I actually was looking and they have one called the Maya and I am going to have to get that for whenever we actually have a house and get to have like a guest room and so I might even get it for our blow up air mattress bed here just to make people feel a little more cozy and so anyways I'm so excited to be shopping with them um, and just getting to be partnered with them because they are actually one of the best brands ever and just getting to know them firsthand the owner the their daughters like just everybody at the company I've actually gotten to visit headquarters before. And so anyways, this is just a brand that I'm really, really passionate about and I really truly love and adore. And so the fact that we even get to be sponsored by them is such a blessing and such a gift. So if you are looking for some holiday shopping, some gift shopping, or maybe just gift giving is your love language, which it is mine, uh, head over to Natural Life and you will be blown away by all of the different things that you can get all your people that you love. Anyways, hope y'all are having a great day and let's get back to the podcast. You see, Jairus did not know this woman's full story. To him, it looked like she got her healing in one miraculous moment. But really, while his daughter had lived 12 full years of life, this woman had been suffering. And we often don't have the full story. It's easy to watch social media and highlight reels and assume that people are getting their miraculous healings without knowing the full context of their journey. 
Don't compare your healing to someone else's. Our journeys are never the same, but with Jesus, they never end in death. And this is what Jesus longs for Jairus to know. He is calling Jairus to take his eyes off of death, to take his eyes off of the situation, and to look at him. And Jairus makes a decision that I want to learn to make. In the midst of this pain and sorrow, he chooses Jesus in the very depths of his brokenness. He looked at the healing this woman had just received, and rather than walk away angry that his hadn't yet come, he allowed it to spur his faith that the same God who healed her had the capacity to heal him too, that what the world has called dead does not have to stay that way. And even in all of this pain, Jairus accepts Jesus's invitation to keep walking. And this is your invitation too. Regardless of what the world has said about your story, your struggle, your diagnosis, your brokenness, Jesus is calling you to take your eyes off of the valley and to look at him. What the world has called dead does not stay that way. Do not be afraid. Just have faith. Verse 37 says, Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. You see, because Jairus made the decision to step out of hiding, to look death in the face and choose hope, to keep walking when the world told him to give up, healing came. When Jesus steps into our most broken places, death is always defeated. He longs to grasp our hand and to proclaim to Letha Kuhn, Son, daughter, stand up. What has broken you no longer has a grip on your life. What has overwhelmed you has been taken. What has shattered you is gone. The weight that you've carried is no longer yours to bear. Stop hiding. Get up and live. To Letha Kuhn. When Jesus reaches into our broken situations, new life comes. And I know this to be true because of my own life. You see, when I was 12 years old, death began to grip my life. When I was younger, my biological mother committed suicide and I was declared a ward of the state. I bounced around from foster home to foster home. All of them were unkind and abusive. And I desperately wanted a mom and dad like all the other little girls I saw. I wanted to have a nice home and family dinners. I wanted someone to tuck me in and kiss me on the cheek and read me bedtime stories. I desperately longed to be loved. And for a while, it seemed like God had heard my prayers. I was adopted when I was seven and life seemed like a dream. Finally, I had a safe home, siblings that I loved and a mom and dad who loved me. I had all of these hopes and dreams for the future. And then I watched as it all began to crumble and I was left staring at the rubble of my life. 
my adoptive mom began struggling with with mental health issues. And because she had never chosen to pursue her own healing, she reverted back to the abuse she had experienced. And she started to beat me when I was 11. As my adoptive parents' marriage started to deteriorate, my adoptive father began to favor me and eventually began to sexually abuse me. And I'd been trained in foster care that perfection was the only way to earn love. So I kept a smile on my face and pretended like everything was okay. Because what would people think if they knew? What would they say? Who could possibly love me? So I worked tirelessly. I got the perfect grades. I excelled in athletics. I got a full ride scholarship. I led Bible studies. I coached JV sports. I did everything I could to stay in hiding. But I knew the pain was just too much. And I watched as an eating disorder began to steal my health. I wasn't sleeping. I had crippling anxiety and depression. And I was eventually diagnosed with PTSD. By the end of my freshman year of college, I'd been hospitalized multiple times. Half my heart had stopped functioning due to my health. And I looked around at all of these other girls who were my age, who seemed to have it all together who seemed to be living this perfect life that I had been praying for. And I was so frustrated. Why didn't God care about me? And I hit rock bottom. And after my freshman year of college, I tried to take my life. I couldn't do it anymore. I could not take the emptiness that I was feeling, the the weight of my circumstances. I could no longer bear it. I couldn't pretend like everything was okay. And I just wanted it all to go away. And so I tried to take my life. But Jesus heard. But Jesus heard. What a powerful statement. When the world was telling me to give up, to quit, to let death win, when, he, when Jesus seemed far off and preoccupied with everyone else, when, when it seemed like the depression was never going to go away, when it seemed like the anxiety was never going to ease up, when it seemed like healing was never going to come and that no one would ever want me, Jesus heard. And then he reached down into my most broken places and he said, Talitha Coom, little girl, get up. My healing would cost me a lot but my brokenness would have cost me everything. My adoptive parents kicked me out after I came forward about the abuse. And since I was raised in such a controlled legalistic environment, I had no friends, money, life experience, or resources at all. I I was homeless for several months. My siblings all cut me off and never looked back. And I watched in a moment as I lost everything I'd ever loved. I lost my friends, my family, my church home, and many, many years of my life in pursuit of healing. But when Jesus stepped into my story, when I couldn't carry the weight anymore, when I could no longer pretend like everything was okay, when all I could do was just arrive, Jesus stepped into my story and he breathed new life in me. I was taken in by the most precious couple who showed me real, genuine love for the first time. And under their care, I began to discover what a relationship with Jesus truly looked like. Not legalism, not religion, not laws, but truly loving Jesus and being loved by him. For the first time in 20 years, I had a safe home and family dinners and a mom and dad who loved me for who I was, not what I did. 
I graduated college a year early and completely debt-free. I'm now getting my graduate degree after taking a year off for full-time ministry, where I have found an abundance of community and love. I have friends and family that call and text me on a regular basis. And after years of therapy, lots of love and time with my sweet Jesus, I can truly say that his joy far outweighs my grief. Although there are times that sadness does still come, it does not keep me bound to that bed anymore. He is holding my hand every single day and proclaiming to Letha Coombe over my life again and again and again and again and again. And somehow, by his sweet grace, that 12-year-old girl who watched her life shatter, who faced hopelessness and death, gets to sit here today and testify to a God who has picked up every single piece and built a life far better than I could have ever prayed for. It looks nothing like I thought it would, and it's so much better. My healing cost me a lot, but it has given me back so much more. So will you step out today? Regardless of what your healing might cost you, will you be bold enough to pursue it? to be vulnerable, to show your brokenness, to chase after Jesus? Will you be courageous enough to stop hiding? Your healing might cost you something, but I promise you this, it will bring you back so much more. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I am in awe of all that you have done in my life. And I just pray in this moment, Lord, that you would continue to reveal yourself, to work in the hearts and lives of of everybody listening, that you might step into their stories, regardless of where they are or what they have faced, and that they would have the courage to see you, to run to you, to fall at your feet, that they may experience the healing that comes from being loved by you. Lord, I pray right now that you would work miraculous healing over these lives, that you would speak truth over the lies of the enemy, that you would speak hope when desperation seems to win. Lord, I just pray that right now you would reveal yourself, that you would work, that you would give courage, and that you would bring healing. I love you, Lord. Amen. Oh, my goodness, Mariah. I have tears just listening and just even that prayer. And um, just thank you so, so much for sharing all that you did. And it's just so... The woman, I just keep going back to her and just whoever is listening to this right now. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, we did a, I did a painting um, of like Jesus's robe and uh, just imagining, you know, the desperation and the belief that this woman had to, you know, in the middle of a crowd where she was so unwelcomed and mm-hmm. just not wanted. She had such belief and such desperation that she went out to touch his robe and just believing that if she could merely touch his robe, that she would be healed. And I just, I I, I hear that story and I I just admire her. I just admire, even though she was somebody who was unwanted by the general public and society, I admire her faith because, you know, she believes in Jesus to be exactly who he said he was, so much so that she believed that if she could just touch him, that she would be healed. 
that uh, from something that doctors and people could not heal her with for years and years and years. That's how powerful she knew that Jesus was. And that was how desperate she was to just touch him. And what's so beautiful about, you know, the gospel and that Jesus coming and walking on earth like he did there in that story. And then dying for our sins and then going up to rising on the third day to be with the father. What's so beautiful is that, yes, he's no longer on this earth, but he gave us the gift of his Holy Spirit that he's left behind. And now this this ability to have this relationship with him, you know, yeah. and that we don't have to go to a synagogue or a church even to experience and to talk and to have a relationship with God, that we can do it wherever we are. We could do it in our homes, in our cars, in nature, all these different places that we could have a relationship with him. And that we never have to question how much he loves us or even if he wants to, to us to touch his robe. You know, when you go through scripture and you go through the gospel, it's like you realize that 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 is his greatest desire, you know, and he doesn't want you to just come to him for healing. Maybe you're listening to this and you really need healing. He doesn't want you to just come to that for that healing, you know, and then just for you to go on. He wants to, you to come for healing. And then he wants to say, who are you? You know, tell me, you know, like, let's talk yeah. let's have a relationship, you know, like. He, he, it doesn't just like come here where you can get freedom and you could hear these things and you could feel better. It's like, no, no, no. Like the Lord, Jesus wants a relationship with you. You know, he wants you to abide in him. He wants you to be with his spirit every day, talking to him. And I mean, just hearing too, then Mariah, how he just radically changed your heart and your life and all that you walk through, you know, and he, and he was there and he, he was so ready for you to abide in him and then look at the beautiful things that have happened since, you know, you did. And it's just so beautiful to see all that he did in your life, even during all of the extremely difficult times, you know, um, and how he continued just to be with you. And so it just, it just is such a beautiful, beautiful picture of how, you know, all that you went through and all that you shared. I just, my mind, whenever I heard it for the first time, I was genuinely just like, wow, just wow to see all that God has done through you and just to hear um, just how you see and view the Lord and have the relationship with him was just so beautiful. And it's just been such an honor to see. And I know that um, just everyone listening to this is going to see that as well. Um, and it just it just makes me thankful. So just thank you. It just thank you. Um, it makes me thankful for people, you know, who who truly see the goodness of the Lord and in, in, in their lives, you know, and, and share it, you know. And so just thank you so much. And I can't imagine all that you have gone through. Um, and it's just so beautiful to see the relationship that um, you and the Father have. And so just thank you for that. And um, really are my greatest um, just desire with even having you on and sharing this is just uh, that people would see, you know, that, you know, I love how you say that your hiding is going to cost you so much more um, yes. than and then and I just believe that so many of us want to hide, you know, how easy would it have been for the woman to hide? How easy it would have been for you to hide and not speak out and not share, you know, um, and I just think that that's what's so um, important is like and just also the mission and behind this podcast is being in this together is like hey you don't have to hide you know right. it is we're not have to hide. no we are not and so just thank you and um I just I just thank you so much and is there um a way that people can contact you because I feel like I'm sure that maybe um just after hearing your story 
um, that you might have some people that want to reach out to you um, and just like share or whatnot. And of course, y'all are always welcome to share um, the Nistera, to the Nistera podcast or message me personally. But um, what's your Instagram? Maybe so that they could message you if there's anything that maybe they want to talk about further. Yes, absolutely. I'd love that. My Instagram is Mariah Hope one two nine. Um, so it's Mariah, like spelled like Mariah Carey, (laughs) but I I love hearing people's stories. And that's, I, I just wanted to say that like Jesus, like his, the, he's with you even in the brokenness. Like he's not just with you after healing comes. He's not just with you in, in that moment, but every step of the way in the midst of the brokenness in my darkest times, like Jesus was walking with me the whole time and he he felt the weight himself like he felt the brokenness himself and my whole Mm. life I can just see where he's just been longing to just like reach in and love me fully and Mm. and let me see that love to know that love to be aware of that love and that's my prayer for for everyone listening is that they would just be aware of how much he loves Mm. you. Because it's yeah. so it, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love that, I would love to hear mm-hmm. stories. Um, and something I was kind of thinking about too is like um, just really like sitting and resting in that love. You know, we always love to kind of have a challenge um, at the end of the podcast or whatnot, and and ways that you could just be together with the Lord or people. And um, I would like that love that Mariah is talking about. Um, just like really truly sitting in that and and like resting in that. Um, maybe take some time, like carve a morning out or tonight where you just put up electronics and you just like sit with the Lord and you could just maybe put on a worship song or just talk to him and just like allow that, like just allow yourself to sit in that love. Um, because I feel like there's also maybe some parts that maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I don't, I, I maybe have some healing places that I need to be healed, but um, I'm just having a hard time maybe talking about them or even knowing what they are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so my my challenge to you is after hearing this, you know, sitting, um, you know, taking that time, like she had to carve out that time to go and touch his robe. You know, she had to make that effort to go. And so my challenge for you today is um, to do the same, carve out that time um, to, you know, sit with the Lord um, and that intentional and just that intentional conversation or just reaching out to him. So um, I am just so thankful to have had you on, sweet Mariah. Thank, thank you. you so much for all of this. And thank you to everyone listening. Um, it was just an honor to have you on, truly. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm genuinely, like, I, we don't know each other very well, <laughs> but I cannot wait to see the places that the Lord is going to oh, bring you, truly. You. I mean, I just I just, I know it um, every time I talk to you. So I'm just so excited for you. And just thank you again for being on. And thank you guys for listening to In This Together podcast. Um, Thank you, Mariah, too, for being in this together with us.